This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Scott Breen, who is the Vice President of Sustainability of the Can Manufacturers Institute. Hey, Scott. That's right. Hey, Corey. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks for taking time to join us today. I think uh, cans are an amazing packaging option, and I'm excited to talk about them today. You've had an incredible background. I was just like blown away. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit about it and, and how you ended up here in the, the can world? Well, sure. I mean, I was one of those people, and I tell people not to do this, Corey. I went straight <laughs> through to graduate school. No yeah. need. Go make yeah. some money. Make sure it's what you want to do. But I did it. So I got a joint degree, uh, law school, Master of Public Affairs at Indiana University, Bloomington. Love Bloomington, Indiana. Miss it every day. Yeah. And yeah, I, I did practice law for a couple of years with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So learned wow. a lot about fisheries. We can talk about that if you want. But <laughs> after NOAA, uh, yeah. I went to work for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation because I'd actually, while I was working as an attorney, I wanted a creative outlet. And I started a podcast, Sustainability <laughs> Defined, it's called. Yep. Yep. We define sustainability one concept and one bad joke at a time. I'll probably throw in a couple of bad jokes here. I'm and in. Okay, good. And <laughs> you can make them too, Corey. I'll laugh, I promise. <laughs> and we, I, I wanted to get more into the sustainability world, right? And I knew the more I worked at NOAA, the more focused I got on fisheries, the harder it would be to pivot. So I took the leap, worked at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation, helped manage their sustainability and circular economy program, was fortunate enough to help take a leadership position with their recycling initiative. It's called Beyond 34. It's still going today. And then from there, I came to my current organization, have a dream job. It's working for the Can Manufacturers Institute, where I get to still wear that lawyer hat every once in a while, you know, read yeah. bills, write bills that we're trying to push, talk to lawmakers and regulators about our sustainability story, but also get to dream up initiatives and partnerships and research that can help us better understand and also improve our leading sustainability story. That's incredible. The can packaging has been a big deal over the last few years. I'm excited to, to discuss that, but can you tell us about your role specifically? So you, you, you work with the legal team, you work with lobbyists maybe? There yeah. is some of that. So we have an advocate on staff, a lobbyist. Mike Smaha has his name. He's, he's great, VP of Government Relations. So I do work with him to do some advocacy. We collaborate. So I often am collaborating with other organizations on initiatives. For instance, we are collaborating with the Household and Commercial Products Association on an aerosol recycling initiative. So the oh, two of us good. are teamed up there to try to improve access to aerosol can recycling, improve the educational messaging on the aerosol can. Happy to talk more about that, but also communication. I'm writing articles. I wrote one uh, that was published in Sustainable Brands this year on behavior change in recycling. So we're always trying to put out more, more thought leadership, tell our story more. Uh, we also put out an aluminum beverage can recycling rate primer and roadmap where we explain 
how the aluminum beverage can became the most recycled beverage container in the United States and the world. But we're trying to reach new heights. We're trying to get our recycling rate up to 70% by 2030. So this roadmap explains how we're going to get there. So, you know, I helped write it, you know, in, in collaboration with some of my colleagues and such and other people helped design it. But putting out those sort of pieces is, is what we do as well. And then fortifying messages through research is another thing where we're doing research to better understand the current state of play. For instance, with the aerosol cans, we did a piece of research where we interviewed material recovery facilities, right? That sort single stream recyclables. Yep. We interviewed end markets that buy the material from the MRFs and other places to process to understand what is holding back more aerosol can recycling so that we had a foundational piece of research and then could yeah. act on it. We did that as well on the aluminum beverage can side where we did a piece of research. People can see it at cancentral.com slash recycling, where we, this research found that aluminum beverage can revenue drives material recovery facilities. They need it in order to operate because they're sorting the material out, they sell it. And that revenue from the used beverage cans is very important to them. And yet they're missorting aluminum <laughs> beverage cans up to one in four. So we launched a grant program last year in 2021, where we gave out five grants with funding from beverage can manufacturers, our doll metal packaging and crown holdings. And with just those five grants, we're going to get 71 million aluminum beverage cans recycled each year that otherwise might've been restored. So we had to do that research first, and then we launched a program. And I feel like that's a good way to go about it. So yeah, that collaboration, the communication, the fortifying the messages, the research, that's where I spend a lot of my time. That's amazing. I live in Oregon where we have the first deposit system for for cans. Uh, They're now worth 10 cents a piece, which is a big debate in the world of recycling. But Mm -hmm. do you see that as part of the future of improving sustainability of cans is adding those that deposit system? We see deposit systems as critical to raising our aluminum beverage can recycling rate, meeting some of those targets I mentioned. So you talk about being in Oregon where there's that 10 cent redemption, having that increased redemption means a larger financial incentive for people to return their containers. So the average recycling rate for aluminum beverage cans in the 10 states that have a deposit is 77%. Oregon's is higher because of that higher incentive. And then in the rest of the states, it's more like the mid thirties. So it's a stark contrast, right? And because we're serious about getting our rate up and meeting our targets, that has led to us being more active on the deposits front. And we actually put out an article late last year, an op-ed with Reloop. They're an international circular economy nonprofit and also U.S. Public Interest Research Group. They're an advocacy organization where the three of us teamed up, wrote this op-ed in Market Watch that essentially said deposits are important to getting beverage containers back. Here are some principles to making a well-designed deposit system, and there should be a national deposit system. So that is what we came together to say. And I mentioned collaboration. I mean, I feel like if we said that on our own, it wouldn't have been as powerful. So I'm very appreciative to when organizations are willing to work with us and we can come out with something together and make something happen. It's exciting. And I think you're right. I think it will, hopefully will be a national program someday. Certainly will Mm -hmm. be more states jumping on board. I've heard about uh, a, a few in the works already, but I agree with you totally. 
How do you and, think? And you and you have you found it convenient in Oregon when you're returning oh. your containers? Do you do the bag drop and? Yeah, we do bottle drop, and it's yeah. yeah. They they give us bags. We bring them in. We don't even have to put them in the machine. We drop them through right. the door, and they send us a, your business. Yeah. a credit, and they recycle the bag. And to me, that's so sustainable. I always tell people I don't remember the last time I saw a can in in a ditch here in Oregon. <laughs> Because yeah, that's huge. Now he is a, as a person, right? You don't necessarily want to see that litter, but talk about the savings. Like yeah. Municipalities send many nationally, lots and lots of money, millions, I think billions on litter cleanup. So you yeah. can help reduce that spend. If, if you get it collected via the deposit system, then you get high quality material, get it recycled. So, and one other cool thing with the Oregon system is you've probably seen, you can actually have your money donated, right? Yes. Like I think I saw that they were doing a thing for Ukraine. You know, where you yeah. could say, hey, send, send my money over there. And, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we donate those to our charity that we work with called Candle Lighters for Children with Cancer. Mm. And uh, wow. it's a local, okay. local charity here in the Northwest. Uh, we, they would appreciate any support from anyone who's listening. Yeah. A great program that helps families affected by pediatric cancer. So, mm. but you're right. Yeah, they give you a, a blue bag. And a sticker with a UPC code on it that says candle lighters. And, uh, and then that money goes to them. So it's just really cool. And it, cool. It's in, so definitely something we should consider nationally, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So are aerosol cans recyclable? Oh, yeah. You just yeah. got to empty them before you put in the recycling. Most recycling programs accept them. You should check first to make sure. But most accept them. You just got to empty them, both aluminum and steel. I always thought they were. And I always recycle them, but I was concerned that that was Thanks wish for doing that. You're helping our numbers. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, we're a, we're a part of your solution for sure. I'd like to talk about how companies should focus their time and efforts um, yeah. on sustainability of of packaging. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, for me, the the main point that I often make on this is that it's important to not just set goals that you're going to be have 100% recyclable or compostable packaging, right? Yeah. And I feel like we've seen companies say that more and more. And that's a great first step. But I think there are additional steps that companies need to take. One, I think is doing a material flow analysis, understanding where your packaging is going and where it's being lost. We actually did that recently for the the can industry. And we did it not just for cans, we did it with glass bottles and PET bottles in the United States. So we could see where everything's going. And probably the coolest part of this research was it created a shanky diagram, it's called, where it visually shows where everything goes. So if any listeners want to see this, cancentral.com slash recycling unpacked. And the top line finding was that aluminum beverage cans are the most circular container in today's system. And then it also did some modeling of what of the three containers I mentioned would have the largest greenhouse gas emission savings and three recycling systems of the future. So 100% collection, 100% 100% sortation and the national deposit system, as we were talking about earlier. And then all three, aluminum beverage can deliver the highest greenhouse gas emission savings. So encourage people to check that out. Another thing that people can do is they the company should be seeing if the packaging that they're putting out there, not only is it technically recyclable and is it being recycled through the material flow analysis, but is it worth enough money that it's paying for the cost of its recycling? Yeah. I mentioned earlier that without the revenue from used Great beverage point. cans, most MRFs would be able to operate. Put another way, in the Recycling Partnerships 2020 State of Curbside Report, 
there's a table there which if you, if you crunch the numbers, you see that aluminum beverage cans, they represent only 3% by weight of all the recyclables generated at single family households in the United States. But in terms of revenue, they're just less than half. So 3% by weight, but just less than half of the revenue of all the recyclables at single family households in the United States. So people should think about their pack, what their value is uh, for the packaging. And then the last thing is the environmental impact of actually recycling it. And so aluminum beverage cans, if you make a beverage can from recycled material, it's 80% less greenhouse gas emissions than if you made that beverage can completely from virgin or new material, right? And we actually realize a lot of that savings today because the the aluminum beverage cans produced in North America, the average recycled content is 73%. So, which is really high compared to some other container types. And then with steel food cans, if you make those from recycled material, it's 75% less greenhouse gas emissions than you made it with virgin material. And with both aluminum and steel, metal recycles forever, right? So you can keep getting these savings and have the material keep going around and around. We just got to get people to put in the bin. And so those are things I think companies need to do. And so some alternative metrics people can consider, what percent of my packaging is above a certain value per ton? What percent is primarily made of material that doesn't degrade during the recycling process? What percent of my packaging is primarily recycled into the same kind of packaging or other useful, easy to recycle products? And one last thing I want to say is that with aluminum beverage cans, on this point of what is it recycled into, 93% of the aluminum beverage cans that are recycled in the United States become new cans, very very circular. And we recycle nearly 90,000 aluminum beverage cans a minute in the United States. And over the course of a year, that's like 11, 12 packs per person per year being recycled in the United States. And like I say, 93% of the time in a new can. So it's domestic circular account here. And if people want to learn more about some of the points I'm making here, I did write an article for Green Biz. I mentioned, you know, writing articles is one of the things I try to do. The headline is moving beyond 100% recyclable goals. So people can check that out if they're interested. Well, that's incredible. Totally impressive. And those numbers uh, are even higher than I thought. And I thought they were really, really high. So kudos to the can manufacturers and uh, well done. Keep it up. Totally. The scale is amazing, but we can do better, right? We just got to get more cans for the recycling. The recycling rate in 2020 was only 45%. More than half a can is going to landfill, given the environmental and economic impact I've been talking about. It's a shame. And we're doing our part to try to change that. And I think the quickest way to change that dynamic would be new deposits. Yeah, I agree. And and such a simple method. It's it we've proven it works. Let's do it okay. in other states. So, yeah, well done. Well, an, a, a flip side to this is the mm-hmm. cans have become so popular that manufacturers struggled to keep up with demand. Do you do you see how do you see that coming uh, through here? There's no doubt about it that there is unprecedented demand for metal containers, and rightfully so, for the environmental and economic impact I've been talking about, that you can, most every recycling program takes aluminum beverage cans, steel food cans, because they're worth a lot and they're easy to (laughs) separate out, right? So I don't think that's going to change. I think people are going to keep wanting their packaging and with materials that they can easily put in the recycling bin and that have this impact. And so we're trying to keep up, right? And and meet that demand for our members' customers, which are the brands who then sell it to 
people like you and me. And give you some numbers of how we're trying to keep up. So according to public announcements, CMI members have committed to opening eight new aluminum can manufacturing facilities in the United States. And some of these facilities will come online later this year. And CMI members are also increasing production in another four locations. So by the later part of 2023, CMI calculates total domestic industry production capabilities will increase more than 40% above the 2020 unit volume. So wow. from 2020 to 2023, 40% above or 40% growth. I mean, that's that's a very massive quick increase <laughs> for facilities that take millions of dollars and quite a bit of time to put together, right? It it totally makes sense because like you said, it's it's the most sustainable or one of the most sustainable options. And if not the, you know, I'm sure we could debate, but I, I am absolutely impressed and amazed. My friend David Coppa just started a company called DigiCan, where they print okay. directly onto cans yes. in, in small volume and or even large volume now. But to me, it's it's incredible what what's what can be done with that packaging. Totally. And that's you talk about the digital printing. I think that's great, but more generally, however you're printing it. We like to say that the can is a 360 degree canvas. Right? <laughs> right. You can put whatever you want on that and get the consumer's attention. There's even some innovation in terms of being like tactile that it like feels different. Yeah. In addition to having eye-catching graphics. So there's a lot of cool stuff. And you even think about certain cans, the, the tab's a different color. It says something right. fun on it, right? You, you can play with it. I'm impressed with that. There's a couple brands that are doing green or black or different colored pull tabs. I know that's not uh, easy to do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. well then, my company Landsberg Aurora is a, a manufacturer of cans in Melbourne, Australia. And okay. so we absolutely appreciate that for our packaging. Great. I'm happy yeah. to hear it. Yeah. So how how do people get in touch with you if if they have questions or want to contribute to the solution? So a good way to get in touch with me specifically is on LinkedIn. You can yeah. find me there and I, I try to post pretty regularly. I actually have a thing where I try to post on Monday about sustainability, Wednesday about recycling and Friday something I'm up to yeah. that helps keep me learning and honest and sharing <laughs> and engaging with people. So please find me there. But Can Manufacturers Institute, I encourage people to go to tentacle.com. We've got a sustainability part of that website with a lot of information, the research I mentioned. Uh, we have a sustainability communications toolkit, for instance, where it's got our best stats with the sources for the stats, as well as downloadable graphics people can use on social media, newsletters, whatever they want. And then in terms of on social, it's at Cans Recyclable on Twitter and Facebook, and then Can Manufacturers Institute on LinkedIn. Well, that's a lot of ways to get in touch with you. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it's the company stuff. <laughs> well, it shows us how uh, important cans are, and for sure, it's an impressive packaging. the The strength of a can has always impressed me. You know how much vertical strength it can hold. I've had some breweries as customers in the past, and to see yeah. how many pallets of cans they can stack up full of beer yeah. is amazing. Wow. No, it is amazing. And in fact, it's delivering that performance and strength with less metal. We've, right. we've reduced our metal quite a bit with light weighting and such. So that I think that's been impressive too. Yeah. Well, well done. And thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this episode. If you're listening, please take a minute to subscribe and uh, give us a rating. We appreciate it. Thanks again, Scott. Thank you, Corey. 
This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book. 